0: Right, welcome in, Farzine Vasugian here with you for another episode of Farzcast, hope you guys are doing well. It is November, feels like 2020 was very recent, and uh, here's 2021, just a couple of months away from uh, coming to an end. Wow, uh, time flies, right? Time flies. Uh, hopefully you guys are doing well, uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying more of normalcy now the past couple of months, I know I haven't really talked much about that lately, but Yeah, it's been a a crazy uh, year and a half for sure for everybody. Uh, It it just feels not normal to go out and do things. I mean, I've kind of gone out and about. A lot of people have been going out doing their things here and there, but still with a mask, right? And now we're starting to see masks kind of die down. I mean, we're still in a pandemic. I want to be clear on that, but uh, a lot of normalcy is coming back. That's good. That is good for sure. So hopefully you guys are enjoying normal life as uh, we all missed for a very long time. Uh, A lot of things I want to get into this episode. The Kansas City Chiefs are on a winning streak. Holy shit. That feels weird to say. Uh, Two very ugly wins, but they're winning for now. So that's good, right? Uh, But... They got a little lucky because Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID and was unavailable. Listen, I've got some thoughts on this. I know a lot of people are talking about this. Uh, Some things that no one's mentioning that I want to bring up with this. Uh, You know, that's kind of something I pride myself on. Uh, I want to bring up things that no one else is bringing up. Because if I just repeat to you what you hear elsewhere, I mean, what's the point of listening to me, right? Uh, I definitely have some opinions on the Henry Rugg situation. Again, not going to go into what people have already said, but something is not being brought up with the whole Henry Rugg situation. He's not the only knucklehead, by the way. Uh, you also have Damon Arnett from the Raiders. Uh, insane. Odell Beckham Jr. in his drama. And I do want to go back to a topic that I discussed uh, last episode uh, regarding my exchange with... Jason Brown, uh, the former coach at Independence Kansas, uh, he is he, he was featured on Last Chance you on Netflix obviously. He's had a couple of choice awards of for me uh, recently and it's because he's wrong on the whole Dan Sorensen thing, which uh, listen <laughs> if you're a Chiefs fan, you are definitely talking about Dan Sorensen lately. Uh, listen Jason's the only one defending him. Listen, Jason and I, we, we've we always been cool. It's just all of a sudden, you know, when I criticize players, he doesn't say anything. When I criticize someone who he knows, he claims he coached him, and I'll elaborate on that later. But uh, all of a sudden, he's angry at me, like I'm not allowed to have an opinion suddenly. Uh, it, it's insane. But his comments to me, he's now been saying to other people. Now He's even saying... People like Peyton Manning don't know what they're talking about when criticizing Dan Sorensen. Anyway, uh, I'll save that for the end of the podcast. By the way, before we move on, UFC 268. I I lose track of the numbers, but yeah, 268 on uh, Saturday in Madison Square Garden. Wow. What an event that was. That lived up to the hype. You know, it's hard to find UFC events where... From start to finish, the entire card is so damn good. This entire card was pretty damn good from start to finish. I didn't get to see the entire thing. I saw the main card, of course. The three fights that everybody was looking forward to, Gaethje and Chandler, Nami Yunus and Wei Lee, and then, of course, the main event, Usman and... Uh, Covington I, I mean all three were fantastic fights surprisingly all three of them went to the judges uh boy uh I'll tell you what man that was <laughs> that, those three fights all pretty damn good uh the fight the, the the fighters I was rooting for in those three all came away with wins gechy I've been a big fan of his since uh towards the end of his wsof career eventually came to the UFC. Rose Namajunas, I've been a huge fan of hers for a long time. I said for a very long time, she will dethrone Joanna Jonjicic, and she did. She beat her twice. Uh, She is proving that that she is the best strawweight of all time. Listen, I know Joanna was undefeated for a while. That's because she never had to face thug Rose Namajunas. And then when she finally faced Rose, that's when the downside of her career came. And then Usman, listen, Colby Covington, love him or hate him, I disagree with his... Political stances, but the guy's funny as hell. Yeah. And he's obviously playing a character. He even said he wasn't going to shake Usman's hands after the fight, and he did. Uh, but here's the thing Covington is a fantastic fighter. The problem for him is Usman is just better. Dana White even said in the press conference if, if Kamaru Usman did not exist, Colby Covington would be the champion. That's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Uh, But that's just not the way it works. Uh, Usman won again. He he looked even better this time. I thought he was losing about three or maybe even four of the rounds to Covington in that first fight. He came away with the finish late in the fight. Some people had a tie 2-2. I disagreed with that. But in this fight, he actually had more offense than we've seen in uh in recent fights from him so I was glad to see him more offensive listen I've been really bad at picking Usman fights I thought Masvidal was going to win that rematch uh back in April boy uh Usman really stunned everyone when he knocked out Masvidal because Masvidal never has been knocked out before so that was uh that was crazy to see at least never has been knocked out in his UFC career is what I meant to say uh I, I I don't know about pre-UFC, but you get the idea, Uh, UFC 268, damn good event, if usually they will air these for free, maybe in a couple weeks, like on ESPN or ABC, if you get a chance to watch that, watch it, it's pretty damn good, speaking of pretty damn good, or not really actually the Kansas City Chiefs, boy, uh, terrible segue, I know, but what do you even say about the Chiefs right now? Look, they're 5-4, and okay? This is the team that went to the AFC Championship game three years in a row. They went to the Super Bowl two years in a row, and they won one of those uh, Super Bowl appearances. But this team is completely unrecognizable. They look nothing like the team we've seen the last three years. Patrick Mahomes doing all his flashy moves. Travis Kelsey pretty much looks like the, uh, un, uh, I mean, he just looks like the Incredible Hulk. Like, no one can stop him. Tyreek Hill, nobody can stop this guy at all. But the Chiefs don't look like that anymore. And here's the crazy part. A lot of people have been saying, well, Patrick Mahomes is putting pressure on himself in in response to the fact that he leads the league in interceptions, Or I don't know if he still does through week nine. uh, But going into week nine, he did. And the Chiefs have more turnovers than any team with 19, uh, averaging more than two turnovers a game, which is just ridiculous. But a lot of people were saying, well, Patrick Mahomes, uh, he's putting all this pressure on himself because the defense is bad. Okay, but... The defense did a good job against Daniel Jones, holding the Giants to 17 points, and they held uh, the Packers to 7 points. They didn't even allow a touchdown until late in the game, and that was the worst player in the NFL, worst defender in the NFL, who allowed the touchdown. So aside from that, I mean, the Chiefs' defense has been doing very well. Now, yeah, I, I know, it's Daniel Jones and Jordan Love. I'm not getting... Up excited about it, but here's my point: for those who have been saying Patrick Mahomes is too scared or he's putting pressure on himself because of the defense, what's the excuse for the last two games? I mean, it's it's not the defense has not been bad these last two games, so you can't sit there and tell me that you know he's trying to uh, put pressure on himself because he needs to overcome the defensive woes. The defense has allowed. 20 points or excuse me uh, I I can't do math off the top of my head. Uh forgive me here. 24 points in the last two games. That's pretty good. And again, I know it's Jordan Love and Daniel Jones. I know that. But you can only play who you play, all right? You you can't ever apologize because a team is bad or another team lost their best player uh because of a positive covid test, and I'll get into that later, but You can't ever apologize for for that. The Chiefs went out there and did what they needed to do defensively. Now, offensively, did they do what they needed to do? Enough to win. But listen, um, here's what I'm going to say. Because I've said this in my live streams on Facebook. And I have mentioned this on social media. A win is a win. Last year, a lot of people were up in arms with the way the Chiefs were playing, and I guess not covering the spread in a lot of their games. And I said, look, a win is a win. Let's enjoy it. Let's hope they keep winning, because it does take one coach to point out the flaw and have it out there for all the other coaches to see and find that one little detail that needs to be put out there, not allow them to come back like they have in so many of their games, down by two possessions, multiple possessions. And eventually, they're not going to come back in some of these games. They were down big against the Titans. Didn't come back. They've been down against the uh, the uh, Buffalo Bills. Did not uh, rally in the comeback there. So the Chiefs, they're not that team anymore. They're just not. Uh, now again, they've won their last two games. Good. Their first winning streak of the season. But... Again, I'm not getting all excited about this because they're averaging 12 points per game in their last 3 games. They're averaging 16 and a half points per game during this winning streak. Those are not good numbers. Those are not good numbers at all. This Chiefs team, I don't know what it is. L- listen. The whole situation with Andy Reid and his mindset, that one thousand percent is playing a role in response to his son and what he's going through right now and i know people have said he's gone through worse with his other son dying i know that but the difference is with death everyone loses a loved one but eventually everyone comes to i don't want to say they move on from that loved one but they come to accept the death because that is a part of life uh in a very unforgiving way. But what he's dealing with with his other son, Britt Reed, this is a situation that's still ongoing. It's not like it was one incident. It happened and it's over with. It happened nine months ago. Uh, by the way, I do need to bring up Britt Reed a little later, and I'll explain why with the whole Henry Rugg situation. Uh, this whole thing with with Andy Reid, I mean his his headspace is is not in the right spot. It's just not uh, Zach, who's done some podcasts with me and uh, some live streams with me. He texted me right when Andy Reid was going to midfield to shake hands with Matt Lafleur, the head coach of the Packers. He goes, "Dude, is Andy Reid okay?" And I noticed that. Like I knew what he was talking about when he sent that text. Um, it's just something's up with him, and it is because of his son. The whole thing with um, one of his uh, press conferences he did uh, after the Titans loss, I believe it was, he says this team is still trying to find its identity. What? This is a team that's gone to the AFC Championship three years in a row, the Super Bowl two years in a row, and won one of them, and going into week seven, you're saying to us that they are still trying to find their identity? Oh, boy, I, I don't really know if I like the sound of that. Hey, Listen, I don't know. Look, when you're being asked a question, it's not like you get a moment to really think about things. You're responding immediately. But I just can't sit there and accept the fact that this team is still trying to find its identity. Like, this is a very concerning thing that I'm I'm hearing from Andy Reid. Uh, definitely not something I want to hear. As far as Mahomes goes... I don't know what it is. In that Monday night football game against the uh, the Packers, or excuse me, the Giants, he had a wide-open Travis Kelsey. They didn't throw the, him, but found someone else in the end zone. But near the end of the game, when the Chiefs settled for a game-winning field goal rather than uh, when they could have scored a touchdown on third down, Mahomes had Kelsey wide open at the one-and-a-half yard line. Kelsey's just running across the field. And not only that, Mahomes' eyes are looking right at Kelsey. He's not throwing the ball to him. Instead, he strolled to his left, faced the pressure, and got sacked. And then the Chiefs had to bring out Harrison Butker to kick the field goal. Listen, Mahomes, his family has been in the news a lot lately. Now, I have noticed that Brittany Matthews has gotten very quiet. I'll be honest. I know she was completely quiet in the Giants game. Let me just, for the sake of this subject... Because I want to make sure I'm not talking out of, out of my ass here. Uh, She only wrote one tweet during the game. And it was, let's go. That's it. Um, She's hardly saying anything during games now. And I, f- listen, the whole Jackson Mahomes thing dancing on the, on the, uh, on Sean Taylor's number. Which, look, I, that's not cool. I, I don't care if it was unintentional or not. Marty Schottenheimer passed away uh, shortly after the Super Bowl. If the Chiefs were to ever honor him and put his initials on the field and someone danced on that, Chiefs fans would not be okay with that. And I know Chiefs fans have defended Jackson by saying, oh, it's um, you're acting like he danced on his grave. Folks, I've seen Chiefs fans react on social media. When people pick against the Chiefs, Chiefs fans get all fired up and angry about it. So let's not pretend like we would not be upset if... Something like that, if someone danced on Marty's initials or Derek Thomas's number, if they ever decided to honor him in a weird way several years later, you get the idea, okay? Uh, let's not pretend like we would not be offended over that kind of thing. Uh, b- but my point is, Patrick's had some off-the-field distraction. Listen, Tim Grunhardt, who just got inducted into the Ring of Honor, he uh, answered a question on Sports Radio A10. He does a lot of radio for them, a lot of radio appearances for them. And he admitted, he said, look, it's a good problem to have if you love your child. Being a new dad can can make an impact. He even said the whole Britt Reed thing can make an impact. Like, no one's hiding from this anymore. I think people have been so scared to say something about the Britt Reed thing because Kevin Keatsman made a very unforgivable comment comparing Andy Reid's family life to Tyreek Hill when he was dealing with the child abuse allegations. Like the two have no, nothing in common, not mutual at all. And it was just completely uncalled for the way uh, Keatsman worded it. He cal- he claims he meant something else, but everyone took it that he was referring to Garrett Reed, the one who died of a drug overdose in Reed's final year with the Eagles in 2012. But I think people have been so afraid to say something because they're, they're afraid they're going to get that Kevin Keatsman label. But people, it, it just took a couple people and now everyone's saying something about it. It's not like this is um and again, it's not just fans. Like we're talking former players, former coaches, former executives, like those people are all speaking up and saying uh something on that matter. I don't know what it is with Mahomes. Like, like he has Kelsey wide open, but he's not throwing it to him. Either he's afraid of a mistake of some sort, or he's afraid of another tip pass, or That Kelsey will catch it and then fumble it. Listen, Mahomes dealt with a bunch of drops in this game. One of them to Pringle. They called it incomplete, which it was correct, but man, it looked like before the replay, he had possession and then fumbled it. Like that would have been really scary in front of the end zone for that to happen. And it's not just him, like everybody's off, okay? He's been off. A lot of bad decision-making. And then when he does have a good pass, uh, I mean, everyone's messing up here. Clyde Edwards, Olaris had a couple of fumbles, not passes to him. They were rushes, but you get the idea. Hardman's had a couple of fumbles. Uh, Marcus Kemp, he was the one who Patrick threw the no-look pass to, which was not something you needed to do. But still, you got to catch the damn ball. I know the Chiefs. Practice that uh, in OTAs and training camp and whatnot. Like, like that's nothing new for them. Uh, Kelsey's had a couple of drops. Tyreek, uh, uh, same thing, and fumbles too. Like, th- there's just been so much. Uh, the turnover woes are. Everyone's had a hand in it. Everyone's had a hand in it for sure. But here's the problem. Now, statistically speaking, the Chiefs didn't run the ball well against the Packers, but when they run the ball on first down, they do a really good job of creating second and short, third and short situations. But all of a sudden, it's like they refuse to keep running the ball. Why? Like, that's what I was asking when I was watching the Packers. Like, Jordan Love is new, Why are you going so pass-heavy? First off, he outplayed Mahomes, statistically speaking. That's not a good sign. I'll get to that in a moment. But uh, why are they not running the ball? The Chiefs don't have Kareem Hunt or Derrick Henry or any elite running back, but... They have the recipe to still move the change. Isn't that the name of the game? I mean, listen, this whole long ball thing with Mahomes trying to fire deep shots and find Tyreek Hill, it worked against the Eagles. It worked once against the Browns. I don't think it's worked since then. Like, Mahomes is not finding players downfield. He's just not. It's not happening. So cut it out. Maybe, I mean, don't get me wrong, he'll connect on another one, a few more this season, a couple more this season, but it's like Mahomes keeps fighting every single time for that play. No. The whole Alex Smith, dink and dunk type of drive, that's working. Do more of that. Run the ball more. I know that's not Andy Reid's M.O., but damn it, man, I guess this is the time to make it his M.O., because... This Chiefs team has found a way to run the football very well recently, but they're not sticking to it. And it doesn't take some football genius to see that. Um, I think that's the most frustrating thing with the Chiefs because, yeah, they're beating themselves in a lot of these games. And look, uh, credit to the other team. When a team is beating themselves, you capitalize on that. Um, You don't ever take credit away from another team because of that. Uh, But it is frustrating to see the Chiefs struggle like this um defensively again I know the defense has been bad and I've defended them at times because the Chiefs do turn the ball over so much that's never going to help any defense never going to help any defense uh listen I'll save my Dan Sorensen comments uh a a big part of him for later because I am going to comment on the Jason Brown thing let me just say this Um, Dan Sorensen is responsible for the last three touchdowns the Chiefs have surrendered. They gave up two in the Giants game. One was because, uh, Sorensen interfered and allowed a catch on the same play on a 50-yard play, and that allowed the Giants to eventually score. And then he allowed another easy touchdown, uh, later in that game. And then in the Packers game, uh, he allows a touchdown, uh, and by the way, it just completely whiffs on the tackle, just basically gives up on the play like an idiot and allows the receiver to walk into the end zone. I just don't know what it is the coaches see. Like, what data do do Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo have where they say, um, oh, man, uh, yeah, we, we totally need to keep giving this guy snaps. Uh, like, what data are they seeing? What are they seeing with the eye test that we're not seeing? I don't know like if Dan Sorensen's getting torched this badly by people named Jordan Love and Daniel Jones like imagine like what it must be for him in practice going up against Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill like I know Patrick's been bad this year but I'm sure it's not the same in practice especially when you've got Dan Sorensen to play against I mean it's it's gotta be bad it just has to be I don't understand it uh listen A huge reason why the Chiefs won this game is because Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID. If Aaron Rodgers plays in this game, he torches that Chiefs defense. Um, Look, don't ever apologize for playing well against a backup quarterback making his debut, essentially. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. The Chiefs defense did what it needed to do against Jordan Love. Uh, Sometimes that's just the way it works. Listen, the Raiders just lost to Daniel Jones. Chiefs fans were complaining heavily about the ugly win against the Giants. I guarantee you right now Raiders fans are saying, man, I wish we won ugly rather than lost. Raiders fans were making fun of the Chiefs for losing ugly to the Giants. The Raiders just lost to the Giants. By the way, I meant to say win ugly against the Giants. The Raiders just lost to the Giants. What's worse, losing to the Giants or winning ugly to the against the Giants? Like, come on. I know, I know. Backup quarterbacks and ugly wins. They're in position right now to go ahead of the Raiders in the standings if they beat the Raiders. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I will say that now. I'm I'm picking the Raiders to win. I love the Chiefs. I hate the Raiders like every Chiefs fan, but I, I just don't see it happening. Um, your defense, your offense, excuse me, has averaged 16 and a half points per game against backup quarterbacks. Like, you should be... I mean, I'm sure those quarterbacks are kind of kicking themselves in the head saying, man, we could have won this game. The opposing offense played like shit. Um, you're averaging 12 points per game in your last three. You're going to have to score a hell of a lot more than that to beat the Raiders. And I just don't see it happening. I'll say this. When Mahomes threw that final pass to Tyree Hill in the Packers game where he faced pressure, rolled out to his right, and found Tyreek Hill. That was the Mahomes we know and love. We just haven't seen, we've hardly seen that this year, though. That's a problem. Uh, Look, the Chiefs did win that Packers game because Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID, which leads me to my next topic, this whole thing with Rodgers and uh, the whole COVID rule. Uh, Because he's unvaccinated, he has to quarantine. Well, I mean, I guess he doesn't have have to quarantine, right? I mean, there's no way to track him down like that. But he cannot take part in uh, in-person team meetings for 10 days. That means he returns on uh, Saturday. And and I don't know who the Packers are playing. I don't have that in front of me. But whoever they're playing, they Aaron Rodgers, I mean, are you going to play him with no practice? Because even though... He's going to be available for next Sunday's game. He's not going to have any practice for that game. Now, with technology in 2021, you do have the ability to still participate with the team. Not in person, but through Zoom. So, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is still in the team meetings. I, I He's not suspended from the team. uh, So, he can still take part in those activities. Uh, But... The physical practice side of it not going to happen. So I'm very curious to see how the Packers handle that in the uh, next uh, seven days for Aaron Rodgers. But everyone's talking about the whole situation with him. Uh, Listen, I uh, I I get it. Um, I get that he did not he could not take Pfizer nor Moderna because uh, there was something in there uh, that he was allergic to, and he could not take John. He didn't want to take Johnson and Johnson because of the concern with the blood clot. I get that. Um. I don't know what uh, he presented to the NFL that he said that was considered quack. His words, not mine. But here's what I will say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not a victim of anything. For him to go on uh, Pat McAfee's show and play this whole victim card, oh, uh, the woke mob is coming after me and they're canceling me. Stop. Just stop. Uh, he did not do himself many favors in this uh, interview. I know he said he did not agree to these rules. But Aaron Rodgers is not the sole decision maker for these things. The NFLPA consulted with players and they agreed with the NFL on these procedures. Listen, I, I think that the, the rules are fair. You can still play without the vaccine. They're going to let you play. But you do have to follow a certain protocol. Uh, and that's for the sake of safety. I mean, for, for, for themselves and for the people around them. So, and by the way, I know people are saying, oh, well, people who are uh, vaccinated are still getting the, the the virus. Yes. And how many of them are dying from it? I know the virus, I mean, there's still a... Low chance of dying from it. But even with the vaccine, it's even lower now. And that's not my opinion. I mean, those are stats out there by every media outlet, liberal or uh, conservative, which I I don't understand how this thing got political, but it did. I've seen it on Fox News. People keep telling me they're like, oh, the vaccine doesn't work. I keep posting screenshots from a uh, graphic Fox News had I want to say in late July, where it says vaccines work, and they put the percentage, everything out, out there, and people don't know what how to respond to that, even, even though they, say, they claim vaccines don't work. They do work. Everyone has said this, even the conservative ones, which, again, I don't understand how it got to that, but even those people are saying vaccines work. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, I, I mean, he was trying to play this whole thing up on Pat McAfee's show about how oh uh science doesn't defend this and uh uh we're still seeing people with the virus yes we know those people also have other issues again that's why it's still a very small percentage uh and i know rogers has mentioned negative like very negative reaction to the vaccine again that's 99% survival rate still i mean isn't that what people were saying before it's my only point there I'm going to make, uh, because I don't want to have a debate about this. Here's my point. Again, the NFLPA agreed to these terms. I know Rodgers said he didn't agree to them. He did not have to. Rodgers is not the sole person who decides on this. Listen, my next door neighbor probably did not agree with um, uh, with Joe Biden winning. He probably voted for Donald Trump. But guess what? Your, your sole vote doesn't decide things. Okay. Um, I'm sure the NFLPA, some of the players they voted on this. They 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 took a poll from their players and a, a wide majority of them probably agreed to this. And they said, okay, majority wins. Like I mean that's how it works in in, in this country and in most cases, all right. Um here's the part that was funny to me. I know Joe Rogan cut a lot of flack for how he combated the virus. Uh Aaron Rodgers admitted that he consulted with Joe Rogan. Go watch the interview if you haven't, um, or maybe you didn't notice this, or maybe you only listened to the audio version. Go listen to, uh, go watch it and watch Pat McAfee's reaction when Aaron Rodgers says, um, that he reached out to Joe Rogan. He is trying really hard not to laugh. And I'm sure someone is saying something in his ear as soon as that comment was made. Um, By the way, here's my whole point with the whole Joe Rogan thing. There was a healthcare company that dropped their partnership with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron freaking Rodgers has all of these resources. And he says he reached out to all these people here and there. But he doesn't name them by name except for Joe Rogan. But for whatever reason, Joe Rogan, like that's the one person you mentioned by name When you have all these other resources, you were partnered with a healthcare company, and you consulted with Joe Rogan, I guess, and not them. I I don't know. He didn't elaborate fully on who he did consult with and what the entirety of the conversation. Like he didn't specify exactly who he consulted with. Like he he didn't say, oh, uh, you know, Wisconsin healthcare. uh, I I consulted with them because I'm partnered with it. Like he didn't mention that detail. Uh, again, you're Aaron Rodgers and you had a healthcare uh, partnership. Like, how was it that Joe Rogan was, I guess, your top choice for a doctor's opinion? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, let, listen, he's, he's, he's out there talking about woke crowd and being canceled. No, stop. You're no victim. Quit being a baby. Uh, listen, there are some companies out there that are requiring the vaccine in order to be able to work in an office environment. Companies are free to do that. You know what else people are free to do? If they don't like the rules, they can just quit and go look for another job. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, listen, uh, he's got millions of dollars, he could either just say, Oh, whatever, I'm done with it, or quit and go play. Somewhere, okay. Maybe he could not play somewhere else, contractually speaking. Or maybe he could have worked something out and say, "Look, I absolutely refuse to these rules. Please let me go, so I can play elsewhere." Right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the NFL and the Packers could have said, "Okay, we'll redo your contract, and you be on your way." I mean, so at least do something. But instead, he knew the consequences. What would happen if he? tested positive on vax and he's paying the consequences for it and then is complaining about it this happens a lot man like people know the consequences for things they shouldn't do and then they have some shitty excuse about it it's i don't get it i don't get it another thing i don't get people who uh drink and drive and then go 156 miles per hour uh obviously referring to henry ruggs former Raiders wide receiver, I mean, just a talented wide receiver, really, really talented wide receiver, he had a big hand in helping the Raiders pull off that big upset against Kansas City last year, if you remember, but, uh, you guys know the story by now, he drove 156 miles per hour, his alcohol level was twice above the legal limit, he killed a woman and her dog, uh, in this accident, uh, Obviously, terrible, sad, unacceptable, inexcusable. Like everyone has said those things. Um, here's something that isn't being brought up a whole lot, because generally you hear like the 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 main key points of a story. You 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 see the headlines, and that's all people talk about. A lot of people don't know where he was coming from. So, for those of you who've been to Vegas, you probably are familiar with what I'm talking about. If not, I'll paint the picture for you. Uh, in the Las Vegas strip there are a bunch of hotels now this is not just these aren't just ordinary hotels all right uh I mean these hotels I mean they all have theaters malls casinos uh shops a- uh, so many activities uh restaurants like it- it's it's endless uh every uh and they all have private clubs uh private suites for parties and whatnot so the MGM Grand uh one of the famous uh hotels in um in Las Vegas uh very well, it's pretty far south of the strip Henry Ruggs was driving from the MGM Grand hotel let me repeat that again the MGM Grand hotel hotel he was at a hotel the guy knew he had a couple of drinks and should not have gotten behind his corvette he was at a fucking hotel i i don't get it man you were at a hotel i don't know here's my here's my deal with this and I don't want to single out Henry Ruggs because a lot of celebrities and athletes have been charged with DUIs. Now, not every one of them ends this badly. And that's why this needs to be made some sort of example of. Like Every coach in America, and I'm talking like high school, even little leagues, and every parent out there needs to tell their kids about Henry Ruggs right now. Because here's the problem, Uh, because when I covered KU football uh, and and also a little bit of basketball when I was a student uh, working, doing student media there, man, there's a lot you learn when you're around athletes, Uh, even just as a student, being a student reporter, you see and learn a lot more. And sometimes you're around other students who maybe are friends with athletes or equipment managers, whoever, and you learn a lot more through them. Man, I'll tell you what, I mean, these these college athletes, maybe they're backups. And maybe, you know, uh, someone like uh, Jordan Love. Now, I don't know where Jordan Love is from. Yeah, Jordan Love is a backup who just played for the first time. But all of these guys, when they go back to their hometowns, these guys are celebrities f- from where they're from. Some of these guys come from small towns. Especially in the state of Kansas. like I mean, there are a lot of small towns in Kansas. So, uh, someone might be from Mulvane, Kansas. Or... Man, I'm trying to think of small towns. Uh, Lions, Kansas. Or uh, Cherryvale. Like, we're talking very, very small towns. And when these kids go back to their hometowns... I, I mean, people know who they are. Because they're playing college football, or maybe uh, professionally, and when you go to see their profile on ESPN.com or NFL.com, it does say hometown, and it shows the city right there. So these guys are celebrities from from their hometowns. And because of that, these guys think they're the shit, and they can do whatever they want, and that the rules don't apply to them. And yeah, I mean, look, uh, that's a a valid point. I mean, the, the rules don't apply to celebrities in general, but... Sometimes people think they're above the law as well, like Henry Ruggs here driving 156 miles per hour and his alcohol level being twice uh, the legal limit. By the way, he uh, the accident was about I want to say seven or eight minutes west of where the MGM Grand was. So I mean he who knows like how many close calls he could have had before this. Again, here's my point with this. Someone needs to make an example of this and say, look, like if you're a high school coach, you need to show this to your players and say, a lot of you guys probably have aspirations to play collegiately and professionally. And if you do, great. And if you get there, awesome. But don't think you're above everybody. Look at Kareem Hunt. Now, there wasn't any drinking and driving involved, but he has gotten into a lot of off-the-field altercations. Now, it's been a couple of years since he has had any of that go on, which is good. But he a lot of this happened after his rookie year. Like, imagine that. You, you're the best rookie running back in the NFL. He led the NFL in rushing yards as a rookie. So, of course, you think you're the shit if you're a rookie and you just led the NFL in rushing yards. But you get caught and you're no longer Mr. Big Guy anymore. So listen, I mentioned, uh, Britt Brit Reed earlier, Brit Reed just did almost the exact same thing nine months ago. He admitted to a couple of drinks and taking Adderall, uh, before, uh, crashing into another car, injuring one child and severely injuring another, uh, in which the girl has struggled with walking and talking. I mean, that of all situations, like you have to look at that and say, look, I I mean, and that was a pretty big deal because it was right before the Super Bowl and the Chiefs were obviously playing the Super Bowl and people looked at that and thought, wow, not only is this bad, is this girl in serious condition, we learned about that uh, about a month later, but it also impacted the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Like Andy Reid was, the play calls Andy Reid had, it looked like he just wanted to call the plays, hurry it up, get the hell out of there so he can get back home to his son. He was not there mentally. And you have to look at the Britt Reed thing and think, man, well, this guy obviously had a couple of drinks and took Adderall. Like, this is something we should maybe avoid doing and maybe just learn from that incident. No. Henry Ruggs is out there, uh, and uh, he did it. Uh, listen, man, every kid in high school and college, and even Little League, by coaches and and parents please talk to your kids i'm not the type of person that's that that likes to tell people what they should do with their kid but i think this is something that we really need to spread out there because listen there are some kids underage who are doing these kinds of things maybe not driving 156 miles an hour with a corvette but you get the idea i mean listen we've all been in high school right or at least most of us i would imagine maybe there are some younger people listening I can tell you for a fact that in high school, I, I knew a couple of student athletes from my high school who got in trouble for drinking and driving. It's, it's not good. Not good at all. By the way, Derek Carr got a lot of grief for this, uh, for basically saying rugs need some love and support right now. Um, Let me just say something. Derek Carr never defended Henry Ruggs for what he did. He just came from a side of someone who knows Ruggs on a personal level and is just simply saying that the guy needs some love and help, guidance. Now, I don't know if that part is too late. might be. But he's at least going to try, right? Let me just say something. Let me read you a, a quote. And you might be saying, what the hell does this quote have to do with anything? I'll tell you. Mike Tyson has a famous quote. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the mouth. What does that mean? I'll explain in a second. I'll come back to this quote. Because everybody always says, oh, if my friend or family member did this, I would be so ashamed and I'd disassociate myself from them. You guys remember Bill Cosby? Uh, the sexual harassment uh, allegations against him? Uh, 60 approximately, approximately 60 women came out. His wife, Camille Cosby, stood right behind him the entire time. Julie Chen, the former host of The Talk and Big Brother on The Talk, which is such an insane gossip show. The View is the same thing, where it's five, six, seven, eight women who just gossip about whatever is on the news. Uh, Julie Chen on The Talk bashed Camille Cosby for standing behind Bill, and Julie Chen said that if she was Bill Cosby's wife, she would leave him. Oh boy. (laughs) Here's the problem with that. Julie Chen's husband, Les Moonves, the former president of CBS, was chased out of CBS after many women came out and accused him of sexual harassment. Now what did Julie Chen do? Because she said she would leave Bill Cosby, right? Nope. Nope. Not what she did. Julie Chen not only stood behind her husband, but also in her sign-off on Big Brother, she signed off as Julie Chen Moonves. She started doing that and has continued doing that since then. Ever since the allegations came out. Listen, maybe I'd have less of an issue with her doing that if she didn't bash uh, Camille Cosby, but it just makes you look like a big hypocrite. Let me just go back to that quote again. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Everyone thinks they know how they're going to handle a situation until they actually deal with it. In a situation like this where a loved one maybe does something completely unacceptable, but when they do it, you don't want to feel that way. You actually want to help that person, and I can understand that. Like, that's your family, okay? But in this case, I mean, listen... I get it. Derek Carr and Henry Bruggs are not family. But you know what, man? In this sport, um, these guys are around each other a lot, sometimes more than their families. I just saw Eric Fisher in Kansas City on, on uh Saturday morning when I was my brother and I we went out for breakfast. Eric Fisher was here. You might be wondering why he plays for the Colts. He keeps it he kept his home here in Kansas City. Trent Green did the same thing when he was traded to the Dolphins. Like his family still stayed here. And they kept their home here because they wanted to stay here after his uh, career. So my, my whole point is, uh, with, with that, uh, for example, Eric Fisher, when he's with the Colts, he's not around his family. I mean, I'm sure he FaceTimes them and Skypes them, whatever, uh, Zoom, whatever uh, it is out there. But he's physically around his teammates more than his his players or his his, uh, his family. So you become family members with your teammates. Now, I don't know exactly Henry Ruggs and Derek Carr's family situation. Sometimes these guys room together. Tom Brady has allowed uh, a couple of newcomers live with him uh, temporarily. So you do really become family with these guys. So I can understand Derek Carr and everything he does. I can understand Julie Chen wanting to stand behind her husband maybe it looks hypocritical on her because she did criticize Camille Cosby. That's where that whole quote comes from that I mentioned with Mike Tyson. Everyone thinks they know what they're going to do or how they're going to handle a situation, but then when it actually happens, they don't follow through with that same plan. People always talk about, oh, if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to spend it on this and this. and that. Well, then, once you do win the lottery, you realize, okay, maybe I should probably be very cautious because I'd love to never work again in my life, but I also want to... Live life, but also in a smart way. Like, like everyone has that thought, right? Um, I mean, there are so many other examples I could give. You get the idea. So I don't blame Derek Carr one bit. People are acting like he defended. By the way, one other example I'll use. Chris Como from CNN. He never once addressed his brother's sexual harassment alleg- allegations on his radio nor TV shows. Never. And people criticized him for that. And I'm like, look... What is he going to say? Look at Julie Chen. Julie Chen has not said a word about her husband's, and she's a public figure. Her husband was the head guy at CBS. So again, I I don't blame these people for standing behind their loved ones when they do something bad and want to support them. Just understand you'd probably do the same thing if you were in that situation too, but I guess not everyone uh, thinks that way. Uh, unfortunately that's not the uh, only Raiders incident, uh, quarterback Damon Arnett, and I'll keep this very short cause I do want to move on to OBJ and also the, uh, Jason Brown situation. Um, Damon Arnett, he posted a video. I don't know where he posted this TikTok, Instagram, wherever he keeps pointing multiple guns at his, at the screen and then is threatening to kill someone. What makes you record this video? And think, hey, this would be a really good idea to upload. Especially in 2021. Look, in 2009, Larry Johnson got let go. And part of the reason was because of his social media comments. Um, There have been athletes who have been let go by pro teams or college teams because of their social media behavior. Uh, There was a KU cheerleader, in fact. She went on Snapchat And uh, she claimed a friend did this, which was a lie. But uh, she had three male KU cheerleaders stand side by side, and they had a um, they had uh, the uh, Christmas sweaters, the KU Christmas sweaters that just have the letter K on them. So it reads KKK. And in the caption, she wrote KKK Go Trump. She got kicked out, as did the other cheerleaders in the photo, because they were all in on the joke. That's what they. Determine after investigating the the photo, like these kinds of situations, and there are so many examples I could give with social media. There are so many examples out there. I mean, you, how is it that in 2021, everyone is aware of social media and the dangers of it, in the idiots that have gotten in trouble from it? How is it that a pro athlete is oblivious to how bad this could be viewed? Like, th- there's no good that comes out of this. <laughs> um, again, I'll, I'll say the same thing I said about the Henry Ruggs deal with uh, Damon Arnett. Parents, coaches, please, it maybe it doesn't have to be this exact situation, but kids love social media. They love it. Everyone does, but kids have more time on their hands, so therefore they're on these kinds of things the most. Um, man, please, d- tell these kids about these things because if, if parents don't, This generation of kids and the next generation of kids, they are going to set a very bad example, and I do worry how social media could seriously impact people in so many ways, whether it's athletically or in your workspace or in your personal life. Listen, people have lost boyfriends and girlfriends, husbands and wives because of social media, it's that bad, man. I, I, I just don't get how someone can think this is okay to upload. Speaking of uploading things to social media, Odell Beckham Jr. and his dad, uh, well, it was his dad mostly. Uh, his father uploaded an 11-minute video to Instagram. It was basically a re-upload. Someone met, uh, put it up on YouTube. It's basically just a montage of Odell Beckham Jr. being wide open and not being not being targeted by Baker Mayfield. Dwayne Bell, funny enough, commented on this and defended Odell Beckham Jr.'s father's pretty much by saying, hey, they they did the same thing to me. Okay, buddy. I mean, this is coming from a guy who dropped a lot of passes in his career, so Uh, kind of ironic there. Um, Listen, uh, by the way, he got a release on his birthday. RG3 called it petty. Really? Why? Like, wouldn't that be a birthday gift, considering he was unhappy there and wanted out? Um, I don't know. Uh, Listen, as far as his father, though, uh, family, chill out, please. Um, These things do not reflect well on the players. They just don't. Uh, Listen, I I know he's going to be available on the waiver wire on Monday. I would not doubt it if an executive refuses Odell Beckham Jr. in fear that his dad might post something again similar that creates drama. Look at the Mahomes family. You know, a lot of people were not happy about what Randy Mahomes posted the mother because she she was basically criticizing Tyreek Hill for not being able to to catch the pass against um, the Redskins or excuse me, Washington football team. Uh, I, I mean, it's like you got to be careful with the family because then it, I mean, those things for sure maybe they don't get brought up, but the the players that get criticized by the family members, oh, it's in it's in their back of their minds. It is. You can't tell me they don't. These people are human just like us. Just because they're pro athletes and making millions of dollars doesn't mean they think differently. No, not one bit. Not one bit. Um, hopefully, Odell Beckham Jr. Can, can find happiness, and hopefully his family can just kind of back off and let him enjoy his thing, man. Because uh, when family members get involved, it's a distraction. It just is. Uh, look what people have said about Mahomes this year. A lot of people are saying part of the reason of the struggles, his family, and the constant commentary that they feel the need to inject every single time. It's just not good. Not a good look at all. Because you don't see other family members of athletes doing this. They just don't. They don't. Uh, okay, uh, last thing I want to touch on here before I sign off. Some of you guys are aware of this. If you follow me, you, you know uh, what's, uh, what's going on. But uh, I uh, had a very interesting exchange with Jason Brown. You guys know who Jason Brown is. A lot of you probably at least do. He was the former head coach of Independence Community College and uh, was featured on two seasons of Last Chance You Let me just say, he did a great job there. Had 101 uh, kids that transferred to D1 schools. Uh, I mean, the school was a dump before he got there, and when he got there, he really turned it around. So, listen, he's a a great junior college coach, no question about it. Hell, I've always said I want to see him at KU, but maybe there's a reason why KU didn't reach out to him. I don't know. Uh, But uh, he uh, he and I have been very cool. Uh, Until recently, uh, he blocked me because – of my commentary for Dan Sorensen. And it's not like I said anything horrible about him on a personal level. But let me back up and tell you where this all started with Jason, because it does go back a bit. So, Jason, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but very, very briefly, uh, he has his whiskey, which I bought two bottles of, by the way. (laughs) Uh, It's all right. Uh, I I told him, like, even if I didn't like it, I'd help plug it for him, uh, but obviously that didn't mean anything to him considering how he chose to respond to me in this subject about Sorenson, but I'll get into that in a moment. His uh, whiskey got yanked because uh, I guess uh, there was a whiskey manager in one of the liquor stores in Kansas. She received a bottle and she took a picture and uploaded it to social media. She just kind of said, you know, made a generic comment about it. It wasn't anything terrible, and I guess Jason took it the wrong way and was like, hey, do you talk shit on prod- other people's products? Uh, I'm- and then he tells her, I'm sure you've had worse in your mouth. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. Uh, and I told him, I'm like, dude, that's not cool. Now, he says uh, he didn't do it. Someone else did it. Uh, I guess like his social media manager for his whiskey. And by the way, he keeps specifying like it's a black kid who did it. And he fired him and then rehired him, which I didn't understand that concept. But not really for me to understand, I suppose. Uh, But anyway, I I told him that was not okay what he said. And he was unhappy about that. And then in the Ravens game, when Dan Sorensen got stiff-armed by Lamar Jackson... I obviously have my commentary on that. Just like every Chiefs fan, he DM'd me and goes, uh, "Hey, I I uh, I coach Dan Sorensen." I go, "Oh, okay, cool. Uh, where at?" And he goes, "His whole life." I'm like, Does "That doesn't make sense. Like, where did you coach? About what school? What 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 ju- I, what junior college?" And he goes, "Oh, Dan Sorensen didn't go to junior college." I'm like, "Okay, what school did you coach him at?" And he goes, "Oh, his whole life." So he's not even giving me like the details as to how. Listen, I I don't know like. I'm sure he knows him personally because he's defending him a whole lot. But he doesn't specify how he know like where he coached him, which I thought was weird. So I made a joke uh, in, in, when we were interacting uh, in direct messages. I said, well, tell him to please stop missing tackles uh, or something like that. I, I don't remember what I said. Uh, he didn't say anything back, which I thought was interesting. Uh, then I responded to a quote from Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator for the chiefs. And it was a comment he made was that Dan Sorensen's had a lot of good snaps for the chiefs this year. And I'm like, what <laughs> are you kidding me? That's not true. Um, like don't lie to the fans. I don't expect players, uh, like, uh, excuse me, coaches to bash players, but don't lie to the public about it. Come on, man. And so that's all I wrote. And then Jason kind of jumps the gun and goes, oh, why are you calling this guy out? But you don't call out the other players. I'm like, dude, you follow me and you've seen me criticize other, like I've criticized other Chiefs players this year. I've done it on this podcast many times. Um, Somehow he didn't see my other criticism of other Chiefs players. I don't don't understand that. So here's the, the weird part. Like eventually he's trying to tell me I'm wrong. I'm like, so I just threw threw a stat out there. I I go, Dan Sorensen's allowed this many yards and this many touchdowns. He's on pace to basically allow more yards than he's ever allowed in the last three seasons combined. And then he, that's where things kind of took an interesting turn in the conversation. He basically says, um, sarcastically, oh, I'm sure uh, you dedicated your whole life to coaching to know this kind of thing. And then says, you know, stay in your lane and just be a fan. And then that didn't sit well with me. Not 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 happy about that, and here's why, because I know what Jason's doing. He's trying to you know big time me, oh Mister Netflix, Last Chance You. We went two and eight on the second season of Last Chance You. Uh, yeah, uh, not quite the resume I'd brag about, but I mean he's big timing. He he's using his resume, his platform. Well, first of all, Jason knows more about coaching than I ever will. Okay. Uh, and then he was saying, oh, the only way I'll continue this discussion is if you tell me what a three technique defensive tackle does. I know what they do. They line up between the center and the guard. No, I may not know every single thing about a three technique or five technique tackle. Fine. I don't need to. I can tell you what an A gap, B gap, D gap, uh, all C gap and D gap, I, I, they, they expand further out. I don't need to know all these things, though. By the way, you don't have to be a coach to know these things. There are books. There are studies. There are even YouTube videos where you can actually learn about these things. But still, I don't need to know coaching terminology to tell you Dan Sorensen is a bad player. That's what he was getting at. Because if no one's ever coached the game, then therefore they can't criticize. And I responded to him. I said, because of the whole stay in your lane comment, Jason has criticized politicians. He's criticized journalists many times on his podcast. I don't recall Jason ever being in politics or in journalism. So, by that logic, he needs to stay in his own lane, but he doesn't take his own advice. So, he got upset with that response. He even asked me to prove him wrong. I go, dude, you criticize. He says he only criticizes uh, politicians that go to, um, uh, that are former athletes, which is not true. Because he's criticized Donald Trump, Ted Cruz, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden. Hey, look, good on him. Criticize all the politicians. But don't tell someone, stay in your lane. And don't criticize people from a different industry I've never been a part of. When you do the same thing on your podcast and on your social media commentary. Uh, So he did not like that. And as I kept responding to him, a lot of other Chiefs fans responded to him and they're like, dude, Sorensen sucks. You're just wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, there's no debating this. So he got all upset, blocked me and a bunch of people, which is fine. I mean, do what you want. Uh, I guess you know, me buying two bottles of his whiskey and promoting it, even if I didn't like it, I, I get. I guess that was not. Um, I guess that was not something he appreciated. I donated uh, to his daughter's GoFundMe. Uh, I guess that was not something he appreciated. I uh, his book. And look, I'm not asking for anything back, okay? I mean, he probably needs the money more than I do. So it's fine. Because, uh, you know, he and I were cool. Um, I, I've promoted his stuff. He's even plugged my podcast without me even asking or, or saying anything, uh, which I've always told him I appreciate him doing that. Like, I, he didn't have to do that. Um, but all of a sudden, because one player that he knows personally, he gets all – he takes it personal. So then Monday Night Football happens. And you guys saw Monday Night Football, Dan Sorensen interferes on a 50-yard catch, allows the catch, and interferes. And then he allows another easy, quick touchdown. And he makes some lame comment on Twitter about how a defensive back shouldn't have to spend more than six seconds defending a receiver when that's not really the case at all with Sorensen. He's basically blaming lack of pass rush for Sorensen's missed tackles and and bad coverage, which is, I mean, look, sure, a a good pass rush can help a secondary, but that is zero excuse to be allowing that. many. why isn't Tyron Matthew allowing all these touchdowns? Why isn't Juan Thornhill allowing all these touchdowns? I mean, (laughs) they're on the team too, last I checked. Um, So it's interesting. Uh, And by the way, during Monday Night Football, Peyton Manning on the Manning Cast he was ripping Sorensen apart. Uh, Lewis Riddick destroyed Sorensen on ESPN. Shannon Sharp, the next morning crucified. I mean, he just destroyed. He eviscerated Sorensen. And then somebody responded to Jason Brown and said, "Dude, I get this is your guy, but you've got all these Hall of Famers who are criticizing Dan Sorensen." And Jason had a very funny response saying uh, they don't know football if they've never coached it. You're going to tell the whole world that Peyton fucking Manning doesn't know football. <laughs> Seriously, like, you think about that logic for a moment, okay? And listen, I understand he he's friends with Sorensen, but don't go telling people not to criticize. Listen, Jason's followed me long enough. He's even re- responded to... My criticism of other players, but never once has he told me, stay in your lane, uh, you've never coached before. And I told him that. I'm like, dude, you've never said this before. Why is it that you're telling me this now, but never with any other player? And he didn't have an answer for me. He just blocked me. <laughs> That's That was the end of the conversation. That's the last time I've talked to him. Uh, listen, this guy prides himself on being real and not being soft like so many other people in this country. But, dude, I mean, talk about not being real. Refusing to admit Sorensen is a bad safety. I don't care that you know him personally. He's a bad safety. And on top of that, you're calling so many people in this world soft, but you have such a soft approach to this subject. Um, and, look, it's not just me. I mean, he's, he's got other people he's arguing with. I mean, he's trying to pick a fight with Shannon Sharp on Twitter telling him Sharp doesn't know any better. <laughs> like, now all of a sudden, this guy who coaches junior college football played, what, like one snap in a Chiefs preseason game? Uh, which is cool, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's more than I could. But somehow you these people don't know what they're talking about with Dan Sorensen because they've never coached football. That's his, that's his only defense, by the way. Like, he's not giving any visuals or any stats to say that that, that everyone's wrong on their and commentary. He's simply just saying, oh, they've never coached football. By the way, Sunday Night Football is on right now on TV, and Matt Stafford is having a terrible game. The Rams are having a bad game. By the way, people laughed at me when I picked the Titans. Um, Do I have to coach football to tell you right now that the Rams are having a shitty night? Seriously, do I have to coach to, to know that thing? No, you don't. I mean that's such irresponsible logic. It, it's just it, it, not only that; it's it's innocuous too. Um, listen, I think Jason's a great coach. I'd love to see him back in the junior college level again, um, if someone's actually willing to hire him because no one is right now. But this whole logic, and listen, Jason's not the only one. There are a lot of players who will criticize fans because they comment on twitter now if you tag someone and say these things i think it's kind of shitty but i mean they're athletes they need thick skin anyway right but this logic of oh you're just a fan you've never played or coached before that's so stupid no one has to coach or play to recognize how good or how bad someone is now jason's not going to understand that he never will he can't ever admit... The guy can never admit he's wrong. Never. And by the way, he did not like it when I told him, dude, other people are saying this. Yet he was giving his harsh opinion of Mahomes and then would send me uh, a DM of uh, Emmanuel Acho saying the same thing as him. But suddenly when I tell him other people are saying the same thing as me, it's somehow not acceptable. Funny how the rules work around here. Jason's a funny guy. He really is. Um Listen, he's been on the podcast before. He's had some... Vi- uh, he, His words, not mine. He says, uh, haters make my dick hard. Dude, I hope you consult a doctor about that because I don't know if that's healthy. Hopefully you consult a doctor not named Joe Rogan, by the way. <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness, look, I mean, the guy, he says some crazy shit that are funny. But don't go telling people they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I, I've seen him call other people morons. For their Sorensen opinion. He's getting crucified for it. Every time he tries to defend him. But it's it's like. It, it's like someone defending a politician today. In 2021. It's like someone trying to defend Trump or Biden. It's like dude. No stop. <laughs> like. I, and again. I, you guys know who I voted for. Um, I don't think either one of them were good. But it's like trying to defend one of them. Saying they're doing a good job. When they're really not. I mean that's that's the best comparison I can give right now to it. But hey, uh, I wish Jason the best. Uh, obviously, you know, him me donating to his daughter's GoFundMe, buying all his uh, his books, two of his whiskeys, all that stuff uh, didn't mean anything to him, and that's totally fine by me. Like I said earlier, he probably needs the money way more than I do. All right. Uh, by the way, and I didn't mean to go that long on the subject. When he said something about me while I'm blocked, I, I you know at some point I've got to say something. So. That'll be my last commentary on uh, on Jason. I promise you that. Uh, by the way, on Facebook, you guys have been fucking awesome on the Facebook page. By the way, uh, live streams a lot better than the Slaptick Podcast. That's for sure. A lot of comments, not uh, a comments, and a lot of views. Um, those have been going up, which is awesome. Thank you guys for that. I completely dropped the ball and forgot my Red Friday live stream. I just had so much going on. Completely lost track of time uh, and missed that. Uh, Here's the thing. Facebook has the uh, capability. They've now given me the ability to do audio live streams. It's almost like we can do a radio show with that. People can actually uh, become speakers and interact with me. Uh, We we can also do that on the video version of Facebook Live too. Uh, Here's the thing. I need your input on this, because if enough people say yes, I'll do it. If uh, enough people are willing to join live, I will start recording these podcasts live again. I have not done that in a while, Um, but if a lot of people are willing to listen live to the podcasts, like I'll record them live on Facebook and then upload them to Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere else. If you guys are willing to listen live to that kind of stuff, let me know. Um, cause I know maybe listening to a podcast live may not be ideal. Cause maybe there's a subject you don't like and you want to fast forward. I totally understand that. Um, but let me know if you'd be interested in that. Cause we, I will definitely use the Facebook audio, uh, live stream. I'll use that feature and take advantage of that and do things like that. Uh, I will definitely do a red Friday live stream this time. I promise I will not forget. And we'll do an audio version of that. Cause I want to see how that's going to go. I've done a few tests. By the way, for those sending me stars, I did not know what a star was until someone sent sent me uh, some on Facebook. Apparently, that's how people give you money on Facebook. So, uh, listen, I've never asked for donations, any of that stuff uh, on uh, on this podcast. Uh, but if you are if you have stars on Facebook and you're so inclined to give me some, hey, uh, that's uh, up to you. If not, cool, still cool with me. Either way, you guys have been awesome supporting me on social media. The followers have grown. The uh, reactions, comments, all that stuff have grown, especially on the live stream. So thank you guys so much for all of that. I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. I am Farzin Vasugi, and have a good week. Subscribe to the podcast. Share the links. Let a friend know. Please invite your friends to the Facebook page, by the way. That will help out a lot. And we can do more live streams and more interactions with all of you awesome people. All right. I'm out of here. You guys stay safe. Take care.